Okay, it's me, it's him, it's T-I-M, Tim Chismar, and I was reached out to about doing this sex podcast, and I thought I would give it a shot. So, uh, I'm going to take you on a, I mean, because how often do you get a chance to really get into the details of your sex life, and for a guy like me who's not really uh, ashamed of anything or, or shy at all, it's kind of exciting to be able to dish and get into all of it. Hmm. So, uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, right now, as I record this, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I am 41. I will be 42 years old come November 1st. I was born one minute past midnight on Halloween. And... Uh, my childhood was really screwy. Uh, a lot of people say their parents are crazy. Uh, mine are legit crazy. They spent time in prison. My father was a drug dealer and my mother had uh, an abusive childhood. And so um, a lot of things came to a head and she uh, ended up tying up a stranger, pouring boiling water on him and uh, stabbing him until she thought he was dead. So... Um, my parents met on a bus coming back from prison. So my mother, anyway, when she was pregnant with my sister, she left my father. And uh, I'm telling you this all to tell you that uh, my childhood was, um, was messed up because it was just her, me, and my sister for the most part. And my mother, my cat's meowing to be let out. So I'm going to let my kitty cat out. Come here, cat. Sorry about that. Um, So, like I said, uh, you know, there was instances where she said there were demons in our closets. And so we would pack up our bag, um, our beds, and roll them out to the living room. And um, the three of us would sleep in the same room. So there'd be my... uh, Because we wouldn't sleep in our bedrooms because our bedrooms were haunted by uh, demons. Um, and so I had puberty, I was growing up and I started, uh, masturbating. And so my earliest orgasms was with my mother, you know, to the left and my sister to the right. So a lot of my, um, kinks and like, uh, fantasies involve, you know, incest and family and stuff like that. Not that you know, anything ever happened directly, but there was, there was, I mean, it's, it's creepy. It's, uh, I remember my mother asking me, how'd you sleep last night? And I said, oh, fine. And she goes, yeah, we could tell. And then she made the sign like masturbating, like jerking off, which was humiliating and, um, you know, shameful, but it also was a turn on that, that it was so wrong and naughty and dirty and disgusting and, you know, and there's there's the family, there's the mother and the sister, uh, you know, and we would never really talk about it, but I was jerking off, like, every night, um, whatever, through, like, kindergarten to, like, the fifth grade, so that's, it's pretty weird, um, and that's something that I, uh, that I, that I experienced in my youth, um, 
Yeah, the other fetish is CFNM. It's uh, clothe female nude male. So scenarios like where, uh, you know, a female reporters in the locker room, that kind of thing, because, um, you know, the dudes are just naked and it's socially acceptable for their, you know, assholes and balls and cock and everything out and the, the women aren't. And so that's um, that's a that's a big uh, turn on for me. So um, before I lost my virginity officially, the whole penis vagina old thing uh i was in an orgy where there was two married cup a married couple two people a man and a woman and a lesbian couple um because the first person who ever really started getting sexual with me i, I must have been about 15 years old and i was in uh, a play a musical in my hometown and uh one of the girls there used to well first off she was attracted to me and then she loved getting drunk and fooling around. And so she was always trying to get me to go get a hotel room and a bunch of booze and us just, you know, get super drunk and whatever happens, happens. But I wasn't experienced. And so I was terrified. And I remember her, you know, she was expecting to get laid and I would like take her hand and kiss it like an old school gentleman. Cause I just didn't have uh, the male role models around to be like, yeah, man, go, you know, go shag the girl. So I was, I was completely clueless and I was very uh, soft about the whole thing. So uh, I would celebrate getting a kiss when she was like, you know, you could have fucked me, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, I was in an orgy. I didn't really know what I was doing and I was just, you know, touching people and, I don't know. I tried to go down on this girl, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, anyway, uh, the finally, I, I did meet a girl that um, I was super attracted to, and she was into me as well. Um, I was around 20, 19, something like that. And uh, I know I graduated high school, and I was always older than the other kids. My mother held me uh, back from starting until... Uh, so I was, it always looked like I'd failed a grade or two because I was older than the other kids. Anyway, um, the point is, uh, I was around, I don't know, 18, 19, and she told me she was turning 17, so I didn't feel like it was too bad. And it turned out she lied to me. She was 15 turning 16. So, um, anyway... But, uh, yeah, she, she was very skinny, like a skater girl. She was kind of... You know, I would never say trans, but like she was like a tomboy girl. So she wore boxers over her panties and she was into like skater boy stuff. And like she just, I don't know, she was, she was, uh, she was cute and I, I liked her. She had a hairy vagina, um, bad mechanics during sex. She didn't know how, like, for example, she would sit on, when she was on top, she would sit on my cock and then she didn't know that she had to move. So I would try to thrust her from underneath. And anyway, um, I did discover things that I liked. Like I really love the 69 position in like for a girl, like opening her up and seeing everything right there and, you know, licking and eating and fingers in. And, um, I enjoyed that, but she never sucked my cock. Um, I would bring it up occasionally and she just didn't. And then later I found out that, um, she lied. She cheated on me with somebody else, and she was lying to them, telling them that I was her brother. It was really, it was really, really a shame. We, we basically had a summer romance. Uh, we were ride operators at an amusement park in Conneaut Lake Park, Pennsylvania, and uh, um, 
Oh, the other thing I want to say is that I felt bad being with somebody who was so much younger. Well, it turned out she was more experienced. She'd already had sex. She was, like I said, 15, and she had already had sex with somebody else who she told me had a pierced dick. And so I was always like, wow, you know, this is my first girl. She's young, and she's already had somebody else. Anyway, um, so the next girl that I uh, had sex with, I was in college, and her name was Laura. Uh, Laura mostly had sex with women, and when she was in a relationship with a guy um, for commitment issues or whatever, she didn't really have anything physical with him. Uh, and so I met her with some guy that she was seeing, but you could tell she was flirting with me. And I didn't care that she was with this other guy, because apparently she wasn't having sex with him, because she only had sex with girls, and I don't know, man. It's college in the... <laughs> early 2000s, I don't know, people are just making things up, and, um, so she and I had some sex, and it was great, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it, and then, uh, I remember I was pressuring her, because again, I didn't, I kept looking for that happily ever after, I wanted the girl that, you know, we would start to fool around, and then that would be the story that we would tell our kids, this is how we met, you know, and all this, I really, I thought everything was supposed to really matter, and I didn't realize people were just hooking up for nothing, you know, and, um, so yeah, after she scratched the itch of having some sex, um, she broke it off and went back to him and was giving him nothing. So it was very weird. And I remember particularly running into her at a library and, uh, thinking like, you know, she kind of ushered away from me. And I remember feeling like, you know, how weird is it that we were able to exchange body fluids a few days ago, and now we can't exchange a conversation, you know? So anyway, um, there was that. I got some compliments about going down on her. I remember that, you know, in particular because she had been with a lot of girls, and you would think girls would know girls' bodies better, and so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I fooled around with a couple other girls in college. This girl, Nadine, um, she was really tiny little body and really turned me on. Um, Amanda, I dated Amanda for a year. She was a blonde, um, sorority girl. She had graduated from a college. And, uh, in my opinion, looking back on it, I think she was reliving her college experience because I was in college at the time and I was writing for a paper and I was running the radio station and I had a local cable TV show. And so I was man about town in all these groups and clubs and stuff, uh, improv group. And anyway, I think she got a kick out of, out of it. And, uh, so anyway, we had a lot of sex, um, in particular on our first date, uh, you know, we went right into it and she would request things that I hadn't really thought about. I didn't even know if I liked it. Things like her putting a finger up my ass when she blew me, and I discovered, wow, oh, that does feel good. Um, she, I guess she was into anal stuff, because she asked me to fuck her in the ass, and so I experimented with that as far as, like, lube and whatnot. But I, I find that when I'm screwing a girl in the ass, I can't come like that, you know? Like, a mouth or a vagina has more suction, and so when I fuck a, an asshole, it's just like, thwap, 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 but there's no finish to it, um, I remember one time she, uh, had a thumb up my ass, and, uh, we had sex, I think we would do a lot of 69ing, uh, which was really a great part of our relationship, but anyway, she, like, was twisting this thumb, and when she 
No, it was me. I'm sorry. I had the thumb in her ass. And so, because I was fucking her doggy style, and I had a, a thumb in her ass while I'm while I'm having sex with her, and when I pulled my thumb out, it had poop on it, and I f- freaked out. I was like, ah! And she laughed and laughed and la- she just fucking thought that was the funniest thing in the world, you know, kind of like, well, what did you think was gonna happen, you know? And I, I just, ugh. Anyway, um, but yeah, like I said, we were together about a year. Um, so the girl Elise I dated after her, um, we had some sex. Uh, she was very submissive. I was very submissive, which is funny because if you look at any element of my life, I make movies, I write books, I do comics, I do tours, and I, I'm an advisor for celebrities, like celebrity wrestlers and actors and comedians. And I'm very um, <clears throat> aggressive in all the areas of my life, like you know, deals and money and all this. Um, but, uh, sexually, not so much. I've never really, I don't even have that vibe where like a lot of guys will, uh, look at a woman and be like, oh man, this is what I would do to her. Oh, I'd tear her up. I'd, you know, I'd fuck the shit out of her, blah, blah. My brain doesn't think like that at all. I, I think like, oh, that queen, you know, how I want to worship her, how I want to, you know, rub her feet after a hard day. Like I'm kind of uh very old-timey romantic about that kind of stuff so that's why i'd rather i don't know i'd rather you know kiss and lick and suck and hold and you know uh, instead of wham bam thank you ma'am <laughs> you whore uh, so yeah I'm, I'm just more old school like that but elise and i had some uh some awful sex together where it was like she wanted me to take charge and i wanted her to take charge and it was pretty rough. <laughs> um, prostitutes, like after college, when I moved to California and started getting into stand-up comedy and selling screenplays and all this kind of stuff, I spent a lot of time with prostitutes, uh, massage parlors, and strippers. So a lot of that kind of hooking up. And, you know, it kind of messed with my mentality. and It wasn't the greatest thing. So later on in life, um, I studied with the pickup artists a little bit. The guys who had that um, TV show on VH1, The Pickup Artist. And then uh, Neil Strauss had those very popular books. Um, and so I know people can have a bad uh, impression about them. Like they're manipulating and all this. Nah, nah, nah. You gotta understand. When a guy walks in and talks to a beautiful woman, she's way above him. And he's way below her. So all it does is it builds yourself up a little bit. Demonstrations a higher value. And then at the same time, you, uh, you know, you neg her, you bring her down. So she's not the queen of the universe, but she's just a, a human being who takes a shit just like I do. And so, um, that really helped out a lot. Like it's, it's a science, you know, it really does, um, help. Uh, what I will tell you is that although it works for getting you laid, I used to, I even had sex at the Playboy Mansion back when they had those, you remember that? (laughs) Um, there were these girls who are what they call hired guns, who are hired for their beauty. And I had a whole scenario where I would open with, so what do you have going for you besides your looks? And it would take away the thing that they are the most proud of. And so these girls would be like, um, people... Say I have a good sense of humor. And it was just, you know, it really brought him back down to earth. Like, hey, you know, you're not, uh, you know, you're not king shit of turd mountain. You're just a regular person. So, um, 
But what I will say is, although it helps you get laid, it does not help you maintain a relationship. Um, those pickup artists were the first ones that would fail me once I had had sex three times with a girl. And now I wanted to actually have a relationship with her. They couldn't help me. They, they didn't know anything. All they knew was, uh, catch and release, <laughs> you know, um, let me get up. My freaking cat is meowing again because it is a cat. And so if you let them outside, they just want to come back inside. Come on, kitty. I know. I know. Come on, move your ass. Come on. Hey, I'm here because of you. Let's go. Come on, kitty. Come on. I am recording, you little turd. Come here. Come here. Golly. Let me give him some treats. Maybe he'll leave me alone. Um, I love this old cat, but as you can see, I'm trying to record this for you guys. So. All right. Where was I? Um, pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when you actually end up into a relationship, you know, it doesn't really help you in that aspect. At that point, you're on your own. So uh, there's a thing called rules of the game, and it's mastering the art of seduction in 30 days. Um, and every time I've tried to do it, I have never made it to day 19 before I'm in a relationship, which a lot of pickup guys say that, you, you know, you win. Great job, Tim. Well, I don't think so, because I'd like to see what day 20 is and day 22 and day 25 and day 30. And the way it works when you uh, read the book is you don't move on to the next one until you finish the one before it. So anyway, long story short, I have uh, ended up in a couple long-term relationships from pickup. One was this girl, Crystal. Um, obviously, I'm not saying last names to be... Uh, kind, but she's a comedian, blonde-haired comic, and uh, we dated for about a year. Um, I actually <coughs> did ecstasy because of her. I'm a nudist. Maybe I should have mentioned that earlier. So I love being naked. I love being around other naked people, going to nude events, nude beaches, nude resorts, world naked bike ride, uh, nude bowling. There's all kinds. There's a whole world of, of naked things. I'm a lifetime ANR member, which is the American Association for Nude Recreation. I'm a lifetime TNS. That's the nature of society. And I'm lifetime clothes free. Uh, clothesfree.com. I'm a nudescaster. I report. I did a movie called The Noodles of Noodlin, which is a fully nude comedy. And you can find it on Troma Now Streaming. Um, I sold it to Tubi. And it's at thenoodles.com. Uh, the Noodles, N-U-D-E-L-S.com. Or nudisthumorous.com. You can find out all about me and my naked stand-up comedy tours and my naked shows. So the point is I was dating Crystal and I wanted her to go to a nude beach with me. In particular, a couple of nudist friends were getting married at Black's Beach in San Diego and she um, refused. She used to say dumb things like um, she would get out of the shower and stand naked in front of me and say, why do you want to share this with the world? Which was really dumb because that's the mindset of a textile. It's a regular person. Nudists don't think like that. It's a non-sexual thing. It's going back to nature. It's being anyway. So the point is, um, she was reliving her childhood by going to raves and burning man. And, um, I took ecstasy three times in one night with her, which is terrifying. That's how much I loved her. Um, because you know, what if somebody had put something bad in those and I had 
overdosed and died. You know, I trusted her, but she still never went to a nude resort. And that's, um, and I missed my friend's wedding and I'm still friends with them. And it just breaks my heart that I, I missed their wedding for a girl that I ended up breaking up with anyway. Um, but it, it showed me how important it was in a relationship for me to tell the woman that I'm with that I'm a nudist and that I live a nudist lifestyle and that you need to be open to this. Um, cause I see what happens if, if people aren't open to it. So it's a, it's a deal breaker for me anyway. Um, as far as sex, cause that's what you want to hear. Sorry. Um, she and I had an okay sex life. Like it was, it was nice. Um, but we couldn't do doggy style and she blamed it on my fat gut and I blamed it on her fat ass, but we couldn't, we couldn't line up properly to do that. Um, one time I, uh, when I was ready to come, I pulled out and I came on her chest, uh, on her tits, which was really cool um she had two pug dogs that were always around when we were having sex um oh and she wanted to give roadhead uh, a lot but um one of the things i'm working through is uh i can do a lot of freaky crazy wild sex stuff when i don't love the girl but when i love her i put her on a pedestal she's my queen and so it's like hi you know i don't want my my by pretty princess to, you know, give me a roadhead. Like I would want somebody I didn't care about to do that. So anyway, that that's my hang up. Um, let me see. Uh, Marissa, I dated Marissa. She was a Jewish doctor, dated her for a year. Um, she had a bit of a hairy butthole, which, uh, that was always an issue where I was like, cause I love 69ing, but I didn't like looking at a hairy asshole. And, uh, it was like, how do you approach this? How do you, you know, but there was a lot of sweet moments, a lot of, I was really attracted to her. I've always had a thing for Jewish girls. I had a crush on Blossom from the TV show when I was a kid. And so I just loved her nose. I loved her hair. I loved little Jewish comments and uh her family and her sisters and i just i i really adored her we used to have loud sex and like her sister was in the other room and later you know she would make some comment about it and um she uh she was up for the nudism and going to nude parties and doing like body painting and she had even pierced her nipples at one point she told me she had a an ex that would like you know lead her around on a leash and stuff so we got into some playing around with things like that um which was cool i also had spent some time in fetish and dungeon rooms in hollywood there was something called the game um which is used to manipulate uh young talent in hollywood so basically for the um, for the right amount of money they would try to get you to do all kinds of things i actually spoke about this at great length and detail on an episode of toxic talk is jericho it's a podcast uh hosted by chris jericho the wwe wrestler uh, he's currently in AEW, but we filmed that. That should be coming out here soon whenever he drops it. But we filmed it just like a few weeks ago because um, I'd been dying to tell the story because nobody talks about it. But there's uh, an organization in Hollywood that preys on young talent and they um, start off innocently enough. And then it goes up from there where for the right amount of money, you know, what would you be willing to do? And sometimes it's pictures and video and all kinds of stuff. And I got to a point where I let these dominatrix girls fuck me in the ass with dildos. And uh, and then one time, you know, they led me out of a cage and bent me over and was fucking me with, uh, with this dildo. And um, which, by the way, some people, if they're super homophobic, uh, can get all creeped out by that. I had a guy one time I was telling him about this and he's like, oh, shit, dog. No, no, I can't fuck with you, dog. No, you a fag. You a fag, dog. No, you gay. You gay. And it's like, 
Fucking hell, man. Number one, it's a woman doing it to my ass. So think about what you're saying. So are you saying anything involving your ass makes you gay? That's just so stupid. That's really, really antiquated, old, moron thinking. But, and even if I was gay or bi, like, who cares? You know, get over yourself. You're, it's really creepy to be like that in this day and age. Anyway, um, so what I was saying was um, when you're getting fucked in the ass in a dungeon, um, you can't always control when you're going to shit. Like you think you can, but you can't. And uh, so I shit on the floor and uh, we stopped the filming. And then later I told the people in the game that, yeah, it's a good thing we stopped the filming because, you know, because I had taken a dump on the floor and they freaked out like that would have been the greatest thing ever. Oh, my God, you should have got that on camera. Oh, we'd pay, you know, two grand for that. And so I ended up doing some uh, shit videos or implied shit videos, um, some like scat, uh, you know, pretending stuff because I would use like candy bars and whatever and pudding because I didn't really want to mess with shit, you know, literally. But there was like um, weird pseudo sexual stuff where people were tied up and pissed on and guns and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, yeah, so that was called the the game. And like I said, I talked about it on Talk is Jericho. Um, but yeah, I mean, just dungeons in general, there was splooshing and there was a knife play and bloodletting and people hanging by hooks and, um, all kinds of the, the creepy thing that I saw that I would never want to participate in is, is sounding where they have this like metal rod and they stick it up, uh, your urethra on a man, which is not my bag at all. Um, but yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. And I've always been pretty open-minded. Um, I will say, um, okay, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll finish with these, these two things. Um, for starters, I will finish with what it's like dating in Las Vegas. Um, a lot of people want to have poly relationships or swingers or, you know, I'm married, but we have an understanding. And so anyway, I, uh, tried to make it work with this girl, Jolie, not too long ago, but she and I was not compatible. I was never all that sexually interested in her. And so we would fool around, but we wouldn't have penis vaginal intercourse. And then one time she told her parents that we hadn't had sex yet. And I was so pissed off because I'm like, we have had sex. I've made you come. You've made me come. That's the two of us naked making each other come. That's sex. And because if she, if she's pushing that it needs to be penis vaginal and that's the only way you have sex. So what about a lesbian couple? There's no cock. What about two gay guys? There's no vagina. Like it's really stupid. Um, and so that was part of um, what we broke up about, but she had this stupid dog, Roxy. Oh, it's Roxy. And I hated her dog anyway. Um, okay. I am going to close with this. Um, I'm going to tell you something. I have only told it to maybe like two people in my life, but I'm going to share it with you guys just for the hell of it. Um, so there was a girl that I went on a date with in Hollywood. She was a goth girl. She looked like Feruza Bulk, the girl from uh, The Waterboy with Adam Sandler or Return to Oz. She was also in uh, The Craft. She was like the lead um, bad witch girl. Anyway, um, date went really good. Got her back to my place. And then she warned me that she had a large clit. And I was like, yeah, all right. Well, you know, okay. You know, I'm not going to body shame or judge you. You know, I'm not... Uh, a goddess or a god or whatever, you know? So 
it is what it is, you know? I don't, I don't care. And uh, she went to freshen up in the bathroom when she came out. Um, she lowered her panties and she had a cock. She had a penis. That was a big cock. A cock bigger than mine. And uh, I looked at her and I was thinking, this is how people get hurt? If I was one of those really insecure um, homophobic dudes, like this is where, you know, what? What does this say about me? And what do you think? I'm not this. I'm a... And then that's, I mean, really, you should give people a heads up. You should have a discussion before you throw that at them. Now, I mentioned that to tell you this. Um, I was a stand-up comic, touring headliner for like 10 plus years. And um, there's a very famous comedian who's in the closet. Everybody knows he's gay, but... You know, he's not out. And um, he does a lot of movies with a lot of other famous people. And I shouldn't say their names because then, you know, whatever. People might start to put it together. Anyway, the point is, um, a comedian friend of mine, a big fat guy, was allowing this person to do gay stuff with him. And he would deny it, but we all knew it. And uh, finally, you know, because he told me, no, 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 he's not really gay. And uh, so I was at the Hollywood Improv one day. That guy, that famous guy, uh, rubbed my crotch, licked my ear, and uh, gave me his phone number and invited me to his penthouse to have sex, to fool around. And he said, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And so I said, oh, okay, all right. And then I went and took my friend aside to the bathroom, told him what happened. And once confronted with the truth, he finally broke down and told me that, you know, in the hopes of trying to make it in Hollywood and get some opportunities, end up on a TV show, whatever, um, he was allowing this guy to do things with him that he uh, wasn't really into, but he knew it could help his career. And so um, we had established that. Well, a few years uh, later... I was um, going through a little bit of depression. Hollywood will do that to you. I had some near, um, had a lot of things where like I would work with celebrities and I was good enough to work on their movies or their TV shows or their scripts or, but I wasn't good enough to have my own stuff get greenlit with a budget. And uh, I had shot six episodes of a TV show for the Country Music Channel and um, it never aired. They just shelved it. I'd done a bunch of pilots. They never got picked up. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I was, I was frustrated. And uh, I decided, you know what? Screw it. You know how many guys have come on to me over the years? I don't know why it's always like, you know, the kind of people that you're not really attracted to are the ones that uh, want to bone you, you know? But for me, it was a lot of dudes over the years. There was a guy in high school who said, um, you know, Tim, what did he say? What was the quote? He's like, Tim, oh, if I was gay, I'd be so gay with you. And uh, apparently he got teased because he said that to me and uh, that made his life troublesome. Uh, and there was another uh, bisexual guy that I asked him one time. I said, okay, well, if there was a naked man on a bed and a naked woman on a bed, they both wanted to have sex with you. Who would you have sex with? And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, well, that depends. Are you the man? You know, and so, I mean, there was a lot and a lot more things like that over the years where, um, you know, gay guys had let me know that they find me attractive. Also black women, which I'm just not attracted to black women. But um, I decided, I was like, you know what? I could do worse than having my first gay sexual experience be with a multi-millionaire famous person. Uh, plus, he's not going to talk about because he's in the closet, too. So I went to the Hollywood Improv and with a wrestler buddy of mine. And I uh, 
let that celebrity know that if he wanted to go for it, I was game. And so we ended up uh, getting out of there, going back to his condo. And uh, there was a couple other dudes over there and they were doing cocaina, snorting coke. And um, we kissed and he uh, sucked my dick on his balcony. He lived near where Fabio lived at the time. Uh, I remember him telling me about that. And um, we fooled around. It was kind of like, it was kind of like a sleepover. Like for me, it was honestly, it was a good time. It was, you know, and mentally I had prepared myself. Uh, I was okay with the kissing and the touching and the, you know, all that. Cause uh, he was a good looking dude. As far as guys go, I liked his shoulders and his neck and uh, yeah. So we, we fooled around and I, suckled him and he suckled me but the thing is mentally I had prepared to get fucked in the ass because I was thinking well I'd taken the girl's dildos and stuff I might as well take a dick as long as he uh, put a condom on or whatever that was my mindset well it turned out he was a bottom and so he wanted me to fuck him and uh, you know I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would say that because I made out with a dude or sucked a dude's cock then that's then I'm pretty gay well I'll tell you this much, I wasn't gay enough to get hard to fuck a man's hairy asshole. I'll tell you that much right now. So that just wasn't happening. I ended up using like a a dildo on him. And uh, I think we like jerked off on each other's bellies or something. Anyway, the point is um, when I got up and went to the bathroom, there was an album of his that was hanging framed on the wall because it had went went, like platinum or gold or whatever. It was a stand-up comedy album. And on the album, he talks about how people think that he's gay. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the bit because I don't want to try to out this guy. But I'm just saying, on the album, he does a, a routine about how people think he's gay. And I just remember looking at that album and then looking at him laying on the bed, and we had just had, you know, fooled around. And uh, you know, it just really struck me how he wasn't able to live his authentic, true self. You know, he couldn't just come out clean about what he, uh, you know, who he was and what he represented and all that. That always stayed with me. Anyway, uh, he ordered me uh, an Uber, and then uh, like a night or two later, uh, a mutual friend of ours had passed away, and he hit me up around like two in the morning and wanted me to come over to fool around again. And I remember feeling like. Uh, you know, is this how girls feel? Like, you know, he doesn't want to see me during the day to go hang out and do something, but he wants me to go over there to for the sexual romp. And I said no. And so because of that, we, uh, you know, we, you know, we talk a little bit here and there, but I never, I never did anything with him again. Now I tell you that because uh, I had left off the story about the goth girl. I say in quotations. Uh, and so when she pulled her cock out, I was like, ah, well, let's do this. I mean, you're already here. And so, so yeah, I think we, uh, I think we 69, I think, uh, that would make sense. Cause that's like my favorite thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, here in Vegas, I, uh, I date a little bit. Um, I pick up the occasional prostitute or whacked out homeless girls that are on drugs. Um, but I'm trying to raise the bar. I'm trying to get back to, you know, I should be with somebody who's a doctor, lawyer, um, in politics, somebody who wants to, you know, take life more seriously. And, uh, it'd be great to find somebody who was like an equal partner when it comes to putting together movies or publishing books or, you know, raising money for something. So, um, but as of, as of this particular recording, I haven't found that person, Um, if I never do, that's okay. It's me and a cat and, uh, 
I would live a very comfortable life. Um, a really nice place with a pool and a hot tub. And, you know, I'm very blessed because I grew up in, in pretty, you know, shitty uh, start to life. So I think I have talked your ear off enough about sexual stuff. And um, I think I'm going to bid you adieu. But I am Tim Chismar. I'm on uh, Instagram. Don't be fooled by the fake one. Uh, make sure it is Tim Chismar. And it has more than seven posts or something. Because somebody pretends to be me on there. I'm on uh, Facebook as Timothy Chismar. And I'm on Twitter as Tim Chismar. Um, the, the website is nudisthumorous.com. Um, I've got a stand-up comedy tour going. I've got uh, a memoir coming out. I've got some comic books I'm publishing. I do stuff at Comic-Cons and conventions. Um, my movie Hell's Coming for You is in post right now. It's being submitted to Sitges Film Festival in Spain. The Noodles and Noodlin, like I said, is on Troma Now and a bunch of other uh, streaming services. I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's other stuff I'll think about after I uh, stop this, but... All right, I'm going to get it over to the powers that be so they can add some uh, fancy music. I hope this uh, was educational and uh, informative, and I hope you get a kick out of it. So, yeah, always keep an open mind. Uh, Don't be afraid to try something twice. Make sure you really like it or don't like it. And uh, bid you adieu. Bye-bye.